Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, April 13th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. That includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Leah Mallory. And I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Now let's see what's what in the city. Jewel is in some big trouble. The e-cigarette company is paying over $112 million to the state of New York after a recent settlement, spearheaded by Attorney General Letitia James. The agreement comes after consistent allegations that Juul deliberately targets minors with their products and has contributed to a youth vaping epidemic. In total, Juul is paying almost $5 million to six states and the District of Columbia to settle these allegations. In addition to paying money, the e-cigarette manufacturer will be required to follow stricter regulations when it comes to sales and marketing. These include verifying the ages of customers and increasing the amount of information in stores about the impact of vaping. New York City welcomes its first rat czar into office. This new role will oversee efforts to decrease the number of rats in the city. Mayor Adams has appointed Kathleen Karate into this position. He says it will address the city's trash problem and test new extermination methods to rid the city of the rodents. It is expensive enough to live in a city with our families and children. We don't need outside tenants like rats in our homes terrorizing us every day. Mayor Adams says they are dedicated to getting rats off the streets and out of apartments. Amazon Prime Video is celebrating its fifth and final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with an immersive experience along Manhattan's Fifth Ave. The mile-long strip will bring 1960s New York City back to life, with vintage cars parked on the streets and window displays featuring retro costumes worn in the series. There will also be five locations that highlight the memorable landmarks of each season, and you can finish off the tour with a pink martini at the St. Regis Hotel. The immersive experience will take place tomorrow on April 14th. The Black Comic Book Festival is back. The annual celebration hosted by the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture honors black comic books and graphic novels and brings together animators, cosplayers, writers, and artists from around the country. Attendees can expect panels, workshops, cosplay showcases, and to see some of their favorite artists. The 11th annual festival kicks off tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. and ends on Saturday. For more information, go to shomcom.org. Blink-182 is heading for Coachella. The three-member rock band recently joined the artist lineup for the Staple Music and Arts Festival. Fans can expect to see the band perform Friday night and can look forward to other artists like Frank Ocean, Blackpink, and Bad Bunny. Coachella begins this Friday, April 14th through 16th and ends next weekend. And for some fun entertainment history, on this day in 1973, the Jamaican reggae band Bob Marley and the Whalers released their first album, Catch a Fire. This would be considered one of the greatest reggae albums of all time. WFUV's Maya Sargent talks to advocates on the front lines helping women both nationally and locally here in New York City. This week is Black Maternal Health Week which means it's the perfect time to talk about pre- and postnatal healthcare in the United States. A recent CDC study revealed that in 2021, there were over 32 deaths per 100,000 births across the country. For black women in the United States, that rate was twice as high. I spoke to a handful of people who work in the maternal healthcare field, 
and they say these staggering numbers are rooted in two areas. Patient mistreatment and underfunded healthcare during the postpartum period. Nan Strauss is the Managing Director of Policy, Advocacy and Grant Making at Every Mother Counts. They're an organisation that advocates for birthing people by raising awareness about maternity care. They work with lawmakers, healthcare professionals and community members to improve this care. According to Nan, the US has a higher maternal mortality rate than 61 other countries in the world. She says part of the problem is that we focus too much on the beginning stages of pregnancy and labour, and not enough on what comes after. One out of every $5 is spent on the other 18 months of prenatal and postpartum health care and support. She says over 50% of deaths happen a week after giving birth and onwards. Another large issue causing these statistics is that women of colour are not being heard. Being dismissed, being disrespected, being disregarded is over and over again resulting in critical delays where complications then become deadly. She says one in three women of colour who gave birth in a US hospital reported experiencing mistreatment. Being shouted at or scolded by a healthcare provider, being ignored, having a request for help refused by a provider, as well as violations of privacy and providers withholding treatment or forcing unwanted treatment. Nan says the mistreatment not only affects the birthing person, but also has a much wider impact. It's that person's baby, that person's other children, that person's partner and family. And it can be very, very long standing. It can have economic impact. It has an impact of, of pain and often trauma as well. Other experts I spoke to echo Nan's observations. Dr. Lynn Roberts is the former professor of community health and social sciences at CUNY. She is now the associate dean for student affairs. I talked to her on the phone about her experiences. Dr. Roberts says the disparities in maternal mortality rates between black and white women are rooted in discrimination. She works on the New York State Maternal Mortality and Morbidity Advisory Council, and she has had many women of color share experiences where they haven't been listened to at hospitals. She says one of the ways to address this mistreatment moving forward is to ensure that there are immediate consequences to hold these providers accountable. Lawmakers like council member Jennifer Gutierrez also want to address these disparities. She represents District 34, including neighborhoods in Ridgewood, Williamsburg and Bushwick. It's like a cry for equity, right? You, don't, you just don't see these rates in white communities with white women being served by white professionals. These statistics hit home for her as a woman of color who was given birth in New York City. When she was pregnant with her first child, she heard about a woman who passed away a couple of days after giving birth at her hospital. As a soon-to-be mom, it scared her. I remember thinking, like, this sounds preventable, and what are we doing, and, like, is this a facility that I want to continue my, my care? Councilmember Gutierrez wants to ensure that all women have access to doulas and midwives. This was important to her since she was supported by a black midwife when she gave birth. She approached all of her care with me from wanting to keep women of color safe. She constantly reminded me of things that I could ask for, things that I could demand, things I didn't have to do. She felt protected and reassured. Something that like is very 
indigenous in practice and one of their core missions is to like keep you safe and give you the service that you deserve that you want and there are specific services that women in gutierrez's district want more of they want birthing centers and birthing centers i think are very vital they obviously help alleviate hospitals in those instances but I think it's just a broader sense of care that midwives can really curate for for birthing people. Councilmember Marjorie Velasquez of District 13 agrees. As a Latina who is working to start her own family and I'm later in age, that's a concern I definitely have. For us, it is finding a doctor and practitioner who understands us uh, when we talk about our level of pain. She says improving these services will help fix the system from the ground up. It is starting at the very beginning. If we can save one child, right, if we can save one parent because we have this wraparound service, then we've won. Both council members say actively confronting the maternal mortality rate is important to empower younger generations of black and brown women who want to start their own families. That they demand greater accountability, that they feel empowered to not just ask questions, but to ask to speak to supervisors in the way that I think white women seek and demand care is how I would love for our black and brown communities to to feel that level of service. These advocates are working with the city council to increase funding for maternal health care in the next fiscal year. Black Maternal Health Week ends on April 17th. But these women will continue fighting for pre- and postnatal health care for women in New York City every day after that. For WFUV News, I'm Maya Sargent. That was WFUV's Maya Sargent discussing maternal mortality and what advocates in New York City are doing to help women across the five boroughs. And that's our show for today. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Leah Mallory. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, and culture. And tell your friends so they can find WFEV's What's What at WFEVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.